You're listening to Crosspoint Community Church in LaGrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times and how you can connect, please visit crosspointchurchtx.org. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody this morning? All right. Praise God. Um, so um, first off, we're, uh, we're jumping into a new series. So uh, so get, get ready for that. Hope you are uh, ready for just learning a little bit more about how to study God's word and how to get into that. And so uh, so I'm glad you're here. All right. Let's go. Uh, all, all of us. Um, all of us have a way in which we see the world. Right. All of us do. We often call this a worldview. Um, and, and our desire as elders here at Crosspoint is that anybody and everybody that attends here would have a biblical worldview. We want the Bible to be the lens in which we see the world. We want the Bible to be the standard by which we live by. Uh, we want to understand more and more the character of God and to know this holy God is who the story is all about. Uh, so developing a biblical worldview, how, how, how would you do that? What, what does that look like to do? Uh, I think obviously uh, no trick questions here. I think it uh, obviously involves reading and studying God's word. So we've, we've got to read and study God's word. And just, just that little phrase, God's word. I'm, I'm not sure how much you think about the scriptures that we hold. They're, they're God-breathed. So you, you think about, um, so this, this verse in, in 2 Timothy three sixteen, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. This is God's word spoken to us. God has ordained this scripture that we hold in our hands or on our devices and, and thousands of years later, we get it in, in just in the palm of our hands. Um, and God's word answers the big questions of life, right? It, it answers the meaning of life. What is our purpose? Why am I here? Um, it also shows answers in, of, of, to questions of how we parent uh, or how we love our spouse, how we might raise our kids. And, and it still applies today regardless of what the world may say. It still does. So today we start a new series of how to study the Bible. And, and we're going to give you just one method. Okay, so it's just one method. There are so many different methods of how to study the Bible. So um, I, uh, I, I know if you just, if you just Google that, you're, you're going to come across so many different things. And you may have one, and, and that's great. Um, but this morning we're going to look at the SOAP method. For studying the Bible, and uh, with any of these methods, I, we just hope that it's a it's a roadmap to take you beyond just reading God's word, just reading God's word. Now, I, I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes I find that um, my reading of God's word 
can turn into just like a task that I do. Anybody else ever feel that way sometimes? Uh, sometimes I find myself treating God's word as a, as a, a, a check off on the to-do list. And, um, and I miss that God's word, ha- that this is truly God's word that I'm reading. And that he has torn down every single roadblock that there could be for me to be able to know him. And that, that's, that's an amazing, amazing truth. So even if you have your own method, like I said, uh, even if you have your own method of, of studying the Bible, or maybe you've never really studied the Bible ever in your life, uh, the goal of, of this series we're going to be talking about for several weeks is uh, to give you one method of how, how to study the Bible. Put that in your tool belt, if you will. Our goal is not to give you a method that's complicated, um, but it's one that's easy to understand, easy to apply. So to do this SOAP method, we ask that you just come to the scriptures with a curiosity, uh, that you come to the scriptures with a desire to understand more about God. It doesn't have to be an all-day process. It could just be as little as 15 minutes, um, and we know it's going to be worth it because um, we know that God's word does not return void, does not return empty, as it says in Isaiah 55. Um, so SOAP, we've got scripture observation, application, and prayer. I hope when you walked in, you received one of those journals. Inside that journal, we're hoping that's going to be a a kickstart to your process. Maybe you already have a journal, but uh, you can never have too many journals, can you? Um, but uh, if you have, a, have this journal, this is just one way that we would uh, we'd encourage you. So when we talk about the S of Scripture, the S of SOAP is a way to intentionally slow down as you're reading God's Word. It's, it's a way to soak in God's word. The S of scripture is going to ask that you actually write down, that you write down a section of scripture. It could be a verse. It could be a paragraph. Whatever it is, we want you to physically write down because I think it makes you slow down. It makes you soak it in just a little bit more. You consider each word as you write it down. And if you come to that, that time curious, if you come to that time with a desire to understand God, you're going to find certain questions just come to your mind as you read. You'll find certain phrases that just jump off the page to you. And, and it's, it becomes not just reading anymore. Instead, it becomes a journey of connection, a journey of connection. So would you commit to giving this a try? Would you, would you, would you just give it a try? Um, find a verse, find a paragraph, whatever that may be, and, and that's, that's where I'd encourage you to get started. If you don't know where to start, I'd encourage you to start in the Gospel of John. Okay, Start in the Gospel of John and uh, just enjoy the story of Jesus. But take it slow. This is not a race. This is, a, like I said, coming again with, it to, with curiosity and with a desire to understand more about God. Uh, and our prayer is that you're going you're gonna to be eager to grasp the wisdom of God's word. Um, we're hoping it's going to shape your choices and it, uh, you're going to find discoveries that, that are going to make your life light up in certain ways that you never thought possible. So um, I, I think it may be just a new way for you to experience God's word. And I hope it's a, a fresh way. Um, so I thought, what if we tried this together this morning? Okay. Uh, in some, some way or another. 
so I've been studying through a, a section of scripture this, this past week or so. Um, and uh, for the S of soap, I, I thought y'all would just love if y'all could just watch me write it all out. But I'm not going to do that, okay? Because uh, that would just be long and tedious. So instead, what I did is I, I went ahead and uh, wrote it out for us already. And what I'm going to do is um, I want to go through this particular section of scripture with you and just start the observation process. Now, I know I'm not teaching on the O of soap, but um, I just want, want you to be able to begin to see. Chris is going to break down observation for you next week, and uh, you're going to be able to see more of that. And, uh, but are, are you all willing to do that with me? Let's go, let's go. So if you have your Bibles, open the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5. And before we do that, I'm going to pray. Now, I know, I know that pray is at the end of soap. Um, but you know, um, Pessoa just does not sound as good. So, uh, we're just going to, let's, let's, let's open with prayer though. Um, dear Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is living and active and God, that each time we read it, depending on the, the place we are in our life, God, it applies differently. We're able to see new insights of who you are and God, I pray that for this morning. That your word would not return void, God. That you would show us insights into who you are. And that we would just be struck by your word. And so we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. I'm actually going to put my iPad up on the, on the screen so you can kind of see what I'm looking at. And so I've already written out um, all of Romans chapter 5. Uh, we'll see how far we get, <laughs> but uh, Romans chapter five, one through 11 is where I am. Uh, and so uh, let's just take a look at this. And so you, so you can see, uh, is that, is that working? Can we see that? All right, cool. All right. So um, let's start in verse one. So therefore, since we have been justified by faith, let's go ahead and apologize for my writing from the start. I tried to write as neatly as I could, but that's, that's, this is the best you get. All right. So therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so our goal this morning is just to come in here with curiosity and with wonder, getting to know our Lord. And so a couple of things that jump out to me as I'm looking. So just this whole idea of being justified by faith, being justified by faith. Okay. The other thing that kind of sticks out to me right here is that we would have peace with God, peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So let's, let's break this down a little bit. If we're looking at justified, what, what, what does that mean? That means that we are declared righteous, declared righteous by God. Okay. So we're declared righteous by God. And um, one thing just to to understand with this concept is God is not lowering his standard in order to make us righteous, right? Uh, He's not all of a sudden okay with sin in order to make us righteous. No, um, his perfect standard never changes when we are declared righteous, okay? So so it's never changing. So we are justified by faith. By faith in whom? By, By faith... In our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see it's in, in Jesus that we have that faith, and that's how we're declared righteous. So um, one thing just to, to kind of think about, that because we're justified by faith, we know that that is, not, that is not by works, right? It's not by works. So it makes me think of Ephesians chapter 2, 
verses 8 and 9. So with that, uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Okay? So, uh, so we're justified by faith, not by works. It's not by what you do. It's not by how you know, amazing you are or anything like that. It's, uh, it's by faith in Christ. Okay? So, so what do we have? We have peace. We have peace with God. So we have peace with God. Um, peace. Man, don't all of us just want more peace in our lives? We, we, we do. We just have a, there's a lot of turmoil in our lives. Just think about it with me, all of just some of the turmoil from finances to, uh, to politics um, to work to relationships to uh, family maybe. Maybe, maybe our desire to be in control, all of those different things that, that there's just a lot of turmoil going on at times. But the peace that we're talking about here is, is so much bigger, right? This is peace with God, peace with God, the creator of the universe. So peace with him. So without justification by faith, uh, if we're not, if we don't have peace with God, we are at war with God. We're, we're at war with him. All right? So that, that makes us enemies of God. Enemies of God. Um, but with faith in Jesus, with that faith in him, instead we can have peace with the God of the universe. So no, we no longer have to face God's wrath, which we deserve, because, of, because we're justified by faith. Y'all, y'all see that? Now, let's, let's keep going. Verse 2. Through him. Who's the him here? So through Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Okay, so, so through him. So when, you, when I see also obtained, as you're reading through this particular piece of scripture, you're going to see several things that we receive because uh, we've been justified by faith. The first thing we receive is this peace with God. Okay? So we have that peace with God. And, and now we're going to see the next one. Through, through Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So we are, we are standing in grace because of our faith in Jesus. Because of our faith, faith in Jesus. So, um, so the first thing we have is peace with God. The next thing we have is we're standing in grace. So, uh, so, so what is grace? Uh, we could call it um, unmerited favor. Okay, so maybe, so maybe unmerited favor. So we have that with God. It's given to us from God because of our faith in Jesus. So instead of, instead of God seeing us as his enemy, instead he sees the righteousness of Jesus when he looks on us. That, that's an amazing, amazing truth. Because... Um, man, if he sees us, our, our, our best works are like filthy rags. But when he sees us and, and we have faith in Jesus, we've been justified by that faith. Instead, now he sees Jesus and sees his righteousness. And so uh, that's, a, that's a really big truth. Really big truth. Um, so our position through faith is that we are standing in grace. Standing in grace. Uh, as you read through the book of Romans... One of the pictures that you see that kind of just um, just shows itself is a picture of a courtroom, if you will. 
You see, you see God as judge, and you see humanity standing before him, uh, waiting for our sentencing, if you will. And um, what's so crazy about this particular courtroom picture is the judge comes off the stand and takes our place, and he pays the price with the blood of his son. It's a, it's a crazy picture. As you read through Romans, that's what you're going to see is that, man, he is a just God and he has to punish sin. But in, instead of having to punish us, Jesus comes in our stead. What an amazing, amazing truth. Let's, uh, let's keep going. Uh, so we, we get to uh, the, the third thing that we see. So the third thing that we see is that we get to rejoice, rejoice in the hope of the glory of God and the hope of the glory of God. So what kind of things are, uh, would I say that I'm hoping in, in the glory of God? So my, my hope in God, what are some things I'm hoping in? I'm, I'm hoping in him making all things right so that he would make all things right. That, that, that's one of the hopes I have in God is that he, he's, he's a perfect judge and he's going to make all things right. So even the injustices that I see in the world today, they're not going to go unpunished. God, God is going to make all things right. The, the next hope I have in God is that he is going to show, when it talks about the glory of God, um, it, it, that he is going to show all of his glory, all of it. We can't handle all of his glory right now, but he's going to show off and show all of his glory, and we're going we're gonna to never be the same because of that glory. And uh, the, the other thing I hope in, in the glory of God, is uh, I hope in... Um, the way that we pray in the Lord's, the Lord's prayer that, he, that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Um, that we're going to see his will accomplished, right? And, and so while we pray that and we want that and, and even today uh, and we see glimpses of that, uh, my hope in the glory of God is that, he is gonna, that his imperfect will is going to be complete. Perfect will is going to be complete. So let's, uh, let's keep going. Verse 3. So verse 3. Not only that, but we <laughs> – wait a second – we rejoice in what? In our sufferings. Okay, so um, the first thing we received is peace with God. Okay, sounding pretty good so far. Uh, next thing we receive is standing in grace. Okay? The, the next thing we receive is rejoicing in the hope of glory. Rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. Uh, but not only that, now we get to rejoice in our sufferings <laughs> it, 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 wait wait paul that, this doesn't make sense i don't understand that uh, this, i mean i rejoicing in my sufferings that that, that seems kind of crazy right but I, let's get something straight here um god hates suffering he hates it okay he hates it it's, it was not his design that, that we would suffer the way we do. That was not the original intent when Adam and Eve were created in the garden. Um, the other picture that we've got to realize is that God sends his son Jesus to suffer in our stead. To suffer in our stead. So this suffering that we're talking about, yeah, we, we do have suffering on this earth. But it's not something that, that God is far off and not acquainted with. Because he's seen it personally in the person of Jesus. Right? That's, a, that's, a, that's an amazing truth. So we rejoice in our sufferings. So there's some sufferings that we receive that are just because we're human. 
right? Um, there's some sufferings that, um, you know, we might have strife and we might have war. We might have sickness or pain or, or famine or death. All of these different things that we receive because we are, we are fallen humanity. But there's another suffering that we have. And it's um, the suffering of taking up our cross daily as we, as we walk with Jesus. Um, and, and so it, it's not as familiar in the United States today, but there are places in the world where somebody has an allegiance to Jesus and they lose their family. They lose their livelihood. They lose their position in the community. They, they lose so much. That's why, you know, that's why baptism was such a big deal is you're going to publicly tell the world that I am aligned with Jesus, that I have an allegiance to him. And all of a sudden, the, the world just says, uh, the, the, you know, parts of the world would say, I don't, I don't want you to be a part of any of us anymore. Uh, I'd rather you be dead because of that allegiance. So there's a suffering that also happens because of, of, our, of, of being with Jesus. And we can rejoice in the, in the midst of this, not because we love suffering, but because while not pleasant, God can use this in our lives to make us more like Jesus. He, he can use this in our lives. He can use our sufferings. Um, and it seems kind of crazy, but, but that's what he does. So this says that knowing that suffering produces what? Produces endurance. Okay? So, so suffering is producing endurance. So what's endurance? Um, I think of resilience. Right? So resilience. Um, I think of perseverance. Oh, man, my writing's getting bad. Uh, is perseverance. So we have resilience and perseverance. Um, our suffering requires our reliance on the Lord. It, it requires it. We can't make it through because uh, we're just not going to make another day. Um, if we're facing the kind of suffering that we're, we're truly talking about here, uh, we, we have to have a reliance on the Lord. Um, our suffering requires um, us to change our perspective at times. That um, all of a sudden, you know, life is about me. And all of a sudden I see that there's a lot of other things going on in this world. And um, there's, it's bigger than just me. Um, suffering builds our emotional and our mental strength, I think, in, in a lot of ways. So, so you see that, that this suffering produces endurance. You, get, you going through these things is going to make you more resilient, make you persevere. It's going to require that reliance on the Lord. And you're going to see that you're going to change. You're going to become more like Jesus. Uh, verse 4. And, and endurance produces character. Endurance produces character. Right? Character. It's, um, it's who you are when no one is looking. Who you are when nobody's looking. That, that, that would be a, a good definition of character. But, but what about suffering produces character? Uh, I, I think in difficulty, sometimes we set different priorities, right? There's different priorities that we set because of, of suffering. Um, I think it, it changes maybe what we value and um, just the way that we value things when we're going through suffering. Um, I think when we face really hard things, some, sometimes some of the small stuff, doesn't really bother us as much anymore. Those little inconveniences of life, when you've really faced suffering, then those, those, that, the other small stuff of life uh, just doesn't, doesn't hold the same weight that it used to, right? 
Um, you, become, you become, this, this character is developed. You become the kind of person that prays. You become the kind of person that forgives. Um, you become the kind of person that hopes. Hopes. And, and that's what we see in this next part is that character produces hope. Character produces hope. Um, Because I think that seeing God come through, I think that fortifies your soul. I think it fortifies your soul when you've seen God be faithful. Um, My kiddos like to uh, like to watch a show with me, and it's uh, it's it's called Forged in Fire. And um, that that particular show uh, is uh, they they make swords and they make knives and they do those kind of things. And so they they make these things and they have to test them by by beating stuff and like seeing how well they they uh, they they cut and do whatever. And they even have a a kill test where they kill this dummy and they say it kills. And my kids are always going around saying it kills. Um, And it's uh, kind of fun. But one of the most important parts of that process when um, in Forged and Fire is the hardening process. Right to harden that metal, harden that steel, and so they, they've they've got to make that happen by um, by heating it up extremely. They they got to they got to they then they got to cool it down in the proper way. Um, and, and if it hasn't been hardened right, if it has all kinds of other issues, then you're not going to see it perform the way it has. And I, I think that's kind of like what we're talking about here is that um, you you see um, you see a forging. In your life, as, as you see suffering that's, that's, that's producing endurance, and then endurance is producing character, and character is producing hope, you're seeing a, a, a forging of yourself and a reliance on the Lord. And, and when you see God come through over and over again, and then you realize that He can do it again, and that He's going to do it again, and we're going to sing that in a little while, that He's going to do it again. Um, and, that, and that's an amazing truth to see because that, that's, that's, that's our God that we're talking about. Uh, verse 5, um, verse 5, and, and hope, hope does not put us to shame, does not put us to shame. Um, because uh, here's, the, here's the key. Hope does not put us to shame when we're putting our hope in the right place. If we're putting um, our hope in self, that's not the right place. If we're putting our hope in the world, that's not the right place. If we're putting our hope in, 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 in just knowing how everything should go and, uh, and wishing that it would, that, that's, that's not, that's not going to happen. But instead, the entire story of the Bible uh, shows us to put our hope in the only one who deserves all of our hope. Because when our hope is firmly placed in the person of Jesus, um, we see that he is faithful and we see that he's true and that he's good and that he loves us. Um, and, and that particular love is the way that he shows us that our hope is put in the right place because God puts his love, his love into our hearts. It, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So, so God is, is, is showing us that he loves us and, and, and teaching us that through the Holy Spirit. So... Um, if any of you have, have felt the love of God in your heart, you can thank the Holy Spirit for putting that there. Because that, that's what he does. That's, that's what he, that's what, that's what he, he's the one that should get the credit in that. Um, and then in um, 
the Holy Spirit, which, which has been given to us. Then in verse 6, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And I, I, just, I just love this at the right time. Um, that was one of the places that I kind of just geeked out and enjoyed just kind of studying. Uh, because if you look at time, the whole idea of chronos time, of, of like linear time, days, weeks, months, years, hours, seconds, uh, all this kind of things, um, you have that type of time. But there's another kind of time that we, we see in God's word, and it's kairos, kairos time. And it's the time that's controlled for the purpose of God, that God is sovereign and God is going to, um, is going to work things out for his will and for his good. Um, and so this time that we're talking about here is, man, it, it's just at the right time. The events of Jesus are happening, that Christ died for the ungodly. And, um, but if you ever go through and look at what, what kind of, what was the timing of Jesus doing what he did? Um, you know, so he dies between 30 and 33 AD. Um, we see that by 345 AD, um, that Christianity is the official religion of Rome. Um, we see by 375 AD that, it, that Christianity is the dominant religion of the day. And there's a few things that kind of help with that. Uh, we see the Pax Romana. We see 200 years of peace that, uh, that allow for uh, the gospel to, to, to be, just go all over. Um, we, see, um, we see a common language for, the, for, for commerce of Greek going on. Uh, we see a common cur- a currency. We see, the, we see the highway systems of the Romans. And um, that people were able to travel and take goods and do all these things. But what was also going on those roads was the gospel. And we see that the gospel was being, was being taken to all over the world. And then one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing, was that at the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes. And all of a sudden we see 3,000 plus come to know the Lord Jesus because the Holy Spirit enables the apostles to be able to speak the truth of the gospel um, just in, in their own languages. And all of a sudden, these people from all over are hearing the gospel for the first time, and they're taking this gospel back to their homes, and we're seeing just Christianity spread all over. Um, How amazing is it when we say at the right time, it means a lot. It means a whole lot. And Christ dies for the ungodly, dies for the ungodly. So ungodly, if we define that, what would that mean? That means uh, enemies. That means the unrighteous. That means sinners. That means um, those that are in willful rebellion to the Lord, right? Willful rebellion to the Lord, those, those rebels. Um, it's, uh, if you hear a description, one of the descriptions of, of the ungodly I think about is Romans 3, 10 through 18. It says, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So who are the ungodly? Guys, it's us. It's us. This is, this is us right here. We, we are the ungodly. That's a description of us. None, none, none is righteous. No, not one. No one seeks God. That, that's us. Let's keep going. Uh, verse 7. For, for one will scarcely die. One will, and so um, 
we're seeing that, you know, a self-preservation makes it hard for somebody to, to be willing to willingly die for somebody else. Obviously, it just it's just hard. You, you don't see this happen. So we see in verse seven, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person. So somebody maybe that's morally right. Maybe somebody would consider dying for, though, perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to die. But how crazy would it be if you heard a story of a soldier jumping on a grenade to save the enemy. How crazy would that story be? You'd be like, what? Why would they do that? But look at verse 8. But God, but God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. How that, that's, a, that's a really large love. While we were still sinners, while we were still unrighteous, while we were still enemies of God, Christ died for us. Christ chose to die for us knowing full well who we are, knowing how we fall short, knowing us intimately and seeing us for who we really are. Not, not for like the self that we portray to the world or we put on social media or something. But who we really are, that is who Jesus fully knows and fully chose to die for. Man, how how he loves us, how he loves us. And I am completely out of time. Um, So, um, and that, gosh, there's so many good things here. Um, Go go through and read the rest of this. Read read about... um, how we, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, that God restored a relationship with him. Uh, go and read just how we can rejoice in that, that we're saved by him from the wrath of God. We're justified by the blood. All of these things are just so good, and I can't go over any of it. Um, so, um, man, would you just, just uh, as you go through God's word, I, I hope you see just a picture of just how rich it is, how, how amazing it is just to see the truths of who God is. Um, that he loves us the way that he does. And I, I hope if you've got anything else, this, that you will just be inspired just to want to go read a little bit more. Go read just a little bit more. And so, um, so let me close, close this in prayer. And uh, I pray that you're going to go out and you're going to just get into God's word. Okay, so pray with me. Dear Jesus, um, we're thankful. Thankful that you love us the way that you do. God, that you would... Um, That while we were enemies, God, that you would love us that way. God, that that blows me away. Thank you for your word. God, I pray that we could just find the time, make it a priority to be able to go in and search the scripture. To take the time to do this soap method, to be able to write down the word of God that it would go into our hearts and we would see, God, that every single aspect, of every, single, every time we sense that you love us in our heart, we know that the Holy Spirit puts that there. God, we're thankful for your word. Thank you so much. And um, I pray for, for everybody here today, God, that we'd be able to find um, just a peace um, 
just to realize that we have peace with God through Jesus. May that change the way we live. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Crosspoint Community Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Crosspoint Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.